Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Welcome back to another week. Thank you. Excited. Yeah. Best time of the week. Absolutely. Here we are. I hope we have another question. I think we do. You want to read it this time? Yeah, I'll read it. This question is from Ashley. And Ashley, thank you for writing in. She says, my husband and I are both high earners. He owns his own business and I am employed full-time in the health tech sector. We are in a great position where we are debt-free, own our home and a rental property, and have close to a million dollars in investments. We manage our finance and taxes on our own today, but are getting to the point where we'd like some advice on how to make the most of our assets, particularly from a tax perspective as we continue to earn. We're 35 and 40 years old and have one child. We've been burned by tax accountants in the past who charged a ton but provide very little that we didn't already know. We find there are lots of resources for those starting out and many for those in the five plus million range, but very little out there for where we are. Do you have any advice on how to find a professional who would be able to help us for a reasonable fee? I'd love to find someone who we can create a relationship who will grow with us. All All right. right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Ashley. Congrats on the success. You and your husband are doing well. And I think you're asking, how do you maximize that? And where do you get help from? Where do you start to understand the things that you don't know you don't know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think there's a few ways we could take this. I think, well, just first things first, a simple way to think about income and everything we can do with income overall is to break it into four buckets. So there's what can we save what do we need to live? What do we have in debt payments, which theirs are currently zero? <laughs> what do we have in taxes? That should all add up to roughly 100%. Mm-hmm. And we can start to see where should we put it and why. Mm-hmm. Now, where you should put it and why is going to be fairly dependent upon the lifestyle you want to live and the goals that you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. What are your initial thoughts? I'm with you. Yeah, I think there's a lot here. And where I would start with this is where you just end it is essentially before looking at tax strategy, before looking at investment strategy, before looking at the financial stuff, it comes down to what are you trying to do? You're 35 and 40. Are you trying to be done working in five years? Are you trying to start to fund college costs for your child? Are you trying to start your own business? That's where we would start because Mm -hmm. when you talk about how do you optimize taxes, how do you optimize finances? We have to know what context are we trying to optimize that in because there's different ways to do it depending upon where you're trying to go. Exactly. So as you're talking, Scott, where, okay, you have your income and that's going to be broken down into savings, what you're using to live, what your debt payments are, and what your taxes are, how you arrange all that is going to be determined by where you're trying to go. So I'd start there. Exactly. It's very broad. It is broad, but it's important because if we know what are we aiming for, we can then look at, well, what tax strategies might you want to employ and why, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if I know that I want to be done working as quickly as possible, I might not choose to go save to, and I'm in my 40s or I'm 35, I may choose not to go put money in a qualified retirement account right now. Yep. 
depending on what my balance sheet already looks like. Cause maybe I already have enough in there to let it go grow so that when I'm 70, you know, 30 years from now, mm -hmm. I could have doubled a number of times in 30 years. Maybe I just need more assets sitting tax investments mm -hmm. so I can utilize that and have more liquidity now when I'm younger. That would not be as tax advantaged mm -hmm. as maxing out a 401k or a solo 401k or mm -hmm. all these various components we might have depending on the needs of this family. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You would need more money outside of those accounts so that you could retire on that money before 59 and a half, which is kind of when you're <clears throat> restricted from taking that. So a lot of people talk about, oh, tax planning for a business owner. I know exactly what to do. You should go open up a 401k or defined benefit plan or whatever it is. Right. And those can be great strategies if you envision working a while longer and taking that money out in retirement. But if your goal is to retire ASAP, that's a horrible strategy. If your goal is, I shouldn't say horrible without knowing the full context, but it might not be the best strategy. They mentioned they have real estate. If their goal is to become real estate investors, there's tons of tax strategy involved with that. Mm -hmm. You probably don't want your money tied up in some of these 401ks or other plans though. You might want to redirect it. So when people are talking about tax strategy, it can mean different things. Is it how do I minimize taxes this year? Is it how do I start building an asset base that will be as tax efficient as possible in the future? Is it how do I free up money to do things along the way? So you really have to get a sense of what does the landscape look like that you're working within. And then tax strategy should really be designed to optimize that. But you know, with the business owner, I think these are some of the first things we look at is let's assume the goal is minimizing taxes today. Right. What are some things that you can do to look at that? Well, the first thing I would want to know is, is your husband employed on his own or does he have employees, right? Because if you're employed on your own, we did an up, I think it was one of the first episodes we did. Is a SEP IRA better than a solo 401? Have you ever gone back and listened to that? No. I'm kind of afraid to. I've no. thought about it before. It's like, probably yeah, it sound a, really dumb. It's only like, but, what, two yeah. years old, something like that? Three now? years old almost. Three years old? Yeah, sorry to derail. Yeah. This um, isn't about me. But, you know, if you're the only employee of a business you can quickly find ways to save that actually don't cost you that much out of pocket mm -hmm. because like you could set up a solo 401k where you could go put away, you know, twenty and a half thousand dollars plus the catch up plus the maximum amount of profit sharing. And you could be putting away 60 plus thousand dollars in a year relatively easily. Mm -hmm. So that there are ways you can do that. And then on top of that, if you really are making a great deal of income and you have a lot of cash flow coming in and stability to fund for the next at least three years, you could look at turning on a defined benefit plan, for instance. Yep. Yet another way to go save into pre-tax accounts and drive down the income. Mm -hmm. If you have employees, it's not as easy because then you have to, anything you do for yourself, you have to also offer employees. Or if you don't offer it to employees. You have to go through these testing requirements to see how much can you put away relative to what have your employees done. Mm -hmm. That's why at most corporations, you have what's called a safe harbor match on your plan. It's not because the corporation is just being nice. It's because it's written into the tax code that if they don't set it up in a certain way, all their highly compensated employees aren't allowed to put money away either. Yeah. So you jump into that the moment you have employees as well. So you'd have to go ahead and take a look at that. But that is another thing you could potentially do would be like a traditional 401k. Mm -hmm. The downside to that is we're trying to get tax strategy to help reduce our own costs on taxes. But the moment we go do that, we have to incur costs like paying for someone to actually run the plan. Mm -hmm. And we have to perhaps have a safe harbor match for our employees so that we can put our own money away. So you start now, you might do those things because it's beneficial for the employees as well, but it's not just beneficial through the lens of yourself of tax savings. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So those are certainly kind of like starting point things we look at, kind of the low-hanging fruit of what's <clears throat> available to do. There's other things of the timing of purchases within the business. Now, this is going to come down to what type of a business is it? And can you purchase this? Does it have to be depreciated? There's things like qualified business income. Then are you taxed as an S-corp or is it things run through their Schedule C? So there's so much that we can't possibly get through in a 20-minute podcast. Right. But there's some things that people should certainly be looking for. We'll come back to this in a bit. But one of the comments that was made, if I go back to the question here from Ashley, was she said, we've been burned by accountants in the past who charge a ton, but provide very little that we didn't already know. So I think I would ask, are you looking for an accountant to show you new things that you don't know? Or are you looking for an accountant to delegate stuff to you just to do it? You know, there's that combination of, is this someone that ideally it's a little bit of both, but some people you might know all this stuff, but there's a difference between knowing and do you want to be the one that's actually doing Mm-hmm. So are you hiring and looking to hire someone to delegate this to or someone to teach you new things? Again, ideally a little bit of both. We'll come back to this when we talk about where do you find professionals who can help for reasonable fees, but want to highlight that for a second. And actually to that point for being a business owner, like I always think of it as like your time, your money, your energy, and your talent. What are the things that you are good at or what's worth having someone else do for you? Like. For our stone steps, I don't do stone steps bookkeeping. I pay a bookkeeper to do it for me. Now, I pay a decent amount to have someone do it for me. But that's because I can go make more money doing something that using that time to do other things. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's a trade off. Yep. It's an investment. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Does it mean that it's not valuable? No. 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 Yeah. We were literally just talking, not in preparation of this, but we we're just talking about compliance before this podcast and a firm that I work with that I pay a lot of money to do my compliance. And it's not necessarily that it's things I don't know. I just don't want to have to be the one to do them. Mm-hmm. So it comes back to that question of, are you working with this tax accountant that Ashley's looking for to be a doer or to be someone that's shown you new things and then you go and do them on your own? Yeah. But, and the other thing to that point though, cause I don't know the answer for Ashley necessarily, but like a lot of, especially around this time of year where it is tax time, this is not the time of year to be reaching out to a, an accountant to say, hey, what are ways for me to optimize things I can be doing for this tax year? Like yeah. all of that's already happened. Yeah. Um, now, some tax preparers are, or accountants are really good at doing tax planning. A lot of them are also just really good at simply looking in the rearview mirror and yeah. recording what's already happened. And that's where there can be a kind of a bridged gap between having a good wealth management advisor or financial planner and an accountant together Mm -hmm. to bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think that the difference probably between us and an accountant, not that we're good, they're bad. That's just, it's different. It's we're typically looking at how can you minimize your taxes for the rest of your life in many cases through what you're doing. Whereas most accountants are looking at how do I reduce your tax bill for last year? Mm -hmm. And there could be conflict between those two goals. And so how do you not just look what already happened and try to do stuff after the fact, but what are we doing and have an expectation of, does it make sense to pay more taxes today to save more in the future or vice versa? Or what is that right balance? Yep. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Cool. Anything you add to that? No, I think that's good for the business side of things. Business, yeah, she's in health tech sector. There's some common plans that we see with people employed there. You want to go over that? Well, I'm guessing should they say that she says she already knows everything she's doing. So I'm guessing she's already maxing out the 401k. And if they have an HSA, they're participating. If they have a good one that, you know, relative to their health options, they can see what the PPO plan is versus the HSA option and utilize that potentially for another tax savings. 
And then if they have stock comp, make sure that you're utilizing your stock comp to optimize that. You can look at things like ESPP as well. Yeah. But those would all be like high level things to be looking at to make sure that you're optimizing those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the cool thing is when she's got the employer benefits, the corporate benefits through her employer and husband is self-employed and can <clears throat> potentially design some of these own benefits through his employer, which is him. It does create some unique planning opportunities of do we use some of the benefits through her corporate benefits? Do mm-hmm. they kind of create their own through his side of things? So there would certainly be that degree of coordination that you'd want to look at. Let's talk about, though, where to go to look for this type of advice. I'm not sure if Ashley's looking for CPA advice, per se, here, or as much as advisor advice, but we can give some a touch of color on that for what that could look like. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a spectrum on all types of advice, right? From, mm-hmm. you know, you can Google pretty much anything, or if you have the time, if you have the time and the energy, you can go learn pretty much anything. Yeah. And if you have the time and the energy to go learn everything and the time to execute on everything, well, then do it yourself by all means, right? Especially if you love doing it. Yep. The other side of the spectrum there is I don't want to spend any of my time doing any of this or any of my (laughs) energy, really. Yeah. Now, even then, you still have to collaborate with a professional to help them make sure they're on the same page as you for what you want out of life so they can do a lot of that heavy lifting for you. And then there's kind of everything in between. Yeah. Right? Yep. But you and I both have what would I would consider full service financial planning investment management shops, mm-hmm. right? We don't really cater to the do-it-yourself crowd who wants to come in for a one-time plan or an hourly question. Mm-hmm. But we really are here for the people who want to have someone on the journey with them to help them make better choices along the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think we both do that because obviously we see the value in that. And we also recognize it's not for everybody, as you mentioned. Some people love doing this and they know a lot of information and they really just want someone to give that second opinion. Wonderful. We may not be the best fit, but there are other people who are. I think what you have to ask or what Ashley should ask and just going back to her question here is she says specifically, how do you or do you have any advice on how to find a professional who would be able to help us for a reasonable fee? Yeah. Obviously, the cost is a big variable in mm-hmm. this whole conversation mm-hmm. because the Ashley is going to have an idea of what's a reasonable fee for what she's looking for. The CPA or advisor or firm that is maybe looking, she's looking for guidance on is going to have their version of what's a reasonable fee for them to provide that advice and keep their business in business. So you have to understand what is the value I'm hoping to provide or what's, I guess, what's the value I'm hoping to receive here in what form does that value come? Is this value of someone who's educating me and literally telling me strategies that didn't know existed? Is this the value of someone doing it for me? Like we're talking about for bookkeeping or compliance of we get it, we could do it, but we just want it to be delegated. So our time is freed up to do other things. To me, I think the biggest advisor or the biggest benefit of working with a good advisor is does it increase your quality of life? Do you just feel better because you have more peace of mind? Because you don't have to do this stuff. You don't have that worry or that sense of, oh my gosh, what else am I missing? And it's just being done for you. But there's different perceived values. And so it comes Mm -hmm. down to what are you looking for in that relationship? Fully agree. I think that at the end of the day, we all have our own time, money, energy, and talent. And it really does come down to looking at, is it worth my time and energy to devote to doing this thing, to learning these things, to taking all this time to do these things? Or... Would I rather utilize some of my money to free up my time and energy Mm -hmm. to hopefully help optimize these things in a way? And you're going to see whether or not you see the value. And that's why people work with us. And that's why there's also 
There are some like do-it-yourself advisors who sometimes they call themselves advice only and they create kind of one-time plans to check in and see how you're doing. And, and mm-hmm. that can be a valuable model as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <clears throat> that's the first step is understanding what are you looking for, what type of guidance, what type of value you're looking for, and then aligning that with the type of provider that does that. Maybe it's not the CPA firm that, in other words, charges a bunch of fees, but feels like there's no value. Yeah. Maybe they measure the value of what they're doing differently. Yeah. Maybe they're just bad firm. I don't know. We, know, um, we, but, we have uh, no idea. <laughs> understanding <so> true. <laughs> what you're looking for and then the best place to do that. Because what would you say are some of those, you know, we talk about four C's sometimes. Do you want to go through that and say, what in your opinion is the benefit of working with a good and comprehensive advisor? Yeah. So th- I think the first thing would just be simply competence. So they actually know the field and have expertise to assist you with the choices that you're going to make. The next would be continuity. So we especially see this with couples, especially if one of them is in charge of the finances more so than the other. Having someone else be in charge of everything should something happen. That's one of the main reasons why I actually have my own advisor, Mm -hmm. right? If something were to happen to me, Amanda has to carry on and Mm -hmm. I don't want her to have to carry on on her own. So we have our own advisor. Also because coaching is another component of it or accountability could be another version of that, right? If you know what you need to do, but you don't do it, well, guess what? Paying someone to help you could probably be really helpful at helping you optimize your financial yeah. life. And then the final thing is just convenience. It's, you know, when I have a financial question, I have someone I can go to to help me find that answer. I yeah. don't have to take care of this on my own. Yeah. Yeah, agree. And so I think those are the things. And again, I think summed up by increased quality of life. That that to me is what a good advisor should do. Can they take that burden off of you, whether that burden is they've relieved it from a convenience standpoint of you don't have to do it. They're taking that burden from a competent standpoint of they're better at it so they can just do it for me. They're taking that burden of they're coaching me. So we all know the right thing to do, but knowing and doing are two completely different things. So they help to move me in the right direction or help give that guidance and that coaching. That's the value, obviously, that we hope that we are providing to our clients. You know, Scott and I, we both do this for a living. This is if you've been listening for the past 150 episodes or so and are just hearing that for the first time, we are financial planners. <laughs> that is what we do. But there's, I think, in terms of where to find it, I think to us, it seems, oh, it's pretty easy. But we're in this crowd. We're in this industry. We kind of see mm-hmm. who fits what mold. Do you have any just high-level advice for what that could look like? Or, you know, we could spend a whole episode on that. And we have spent episodes on that. But any advice on where to find different types of advisors? Oh, man. Well, I think that, you know, NAPFA, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, has fee-only registered investment advisory firms all across the nation, which can be a place to go look. The XY Planning Network can be another place to go look for advisors. Yeah, I mean, those are the two that jump out at me first. I mean, I will say, I'm going to give you, you work with a lot of people in the health tech space is part of what you do. So, I mean, that's why I say we are advisors. So reach out. (laughs) And I wasn't expecting, I wasn't putting you on the spot to say you, but really this is what we do. So if you're looking for someone to help with this type of stuff, you specialize a lot in that and just knowing you and your client base. Families with stock compensation, we work with all the time. This would be right up your alley type of a thing. So I know this is fairly broad, Ashley, in terms of talking about what to do here, but I think that Finding a professional, that means different things to different people. Reasonable fee means different things to different people. Different tax strategies means different things depending on the context of what you're looking to optimize for. So just given a high 
30,000 foot overview of this, I think is what we wanted to do today. Absolutely. You know, another thing that I would actually say on that is one of the things that we do that I actually do think is of value often, a lot of the times with the work that we're doing, knowing that once all of the foundational work is done of working with a new client, knowing that everything is on track and nothing needs to change is valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Because we're also doing things like taking the time to read up on what happened with the most recent, like I'm thinking back to the Trump tax cuts when they happened, Mm -hmm. right? And we had to go rearrange everything in that moment, but Mm -hmm. we already knew everything about our clients. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that difficult. Right. Versus the downside that I personally see on that, which is why I don't do transactional style financial planning is you show up, I give you your answer based on the world, the way it is right now. And then you come back because something changed and now I have to go redo everything, but I don't know you anymore. Right. So to me, it makes it, it's not as helpful. Right. Yeah. I think that's why we've chosen the model that we have and to each their own. And some people that's exactly what they're looking for or some advisors, that's the way they think is best, but yeah, we'll do it the way we think and they'll do it the way they think. They're all all good options. It's just a matter of you finding the right option for you. Yeah. Cool. Well, Ashley, thanks for the question. And unless you have anything else. That's it. That is it. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.